continues. So when I was looking into the Hebrew meaning for the word power in verse 21, it says it's the Hebrew word called Yad. That's how it means. And that word Yad also means hand. So actually when you when you read that scripture, it says death and life are in the hands of the tongue. So actually what happens is every time you're speaking words, there is a hand in the form of, it's kind of weird, but, you know, like but it's like a hand that's going out of your mouth and it's grabbing onto stuff. Or it's a hand that's going out and releasing stuff into your ears. It's a really weird picture that I'm painting. I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to say here. When I'm saying, when I keep on declaring that you are, you know, what God says you are not, what people see when, there's, when they see your uh, struggles and your sins, you know, Amen. what you are is you're a child of God in Christ Jesus. And those who are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. Because the old has passed away, but the new has come. As soon as I said these words right now, you know, it's planting a seed into your hearts, into your ears, into your minds, you know, into your hearts. And it, it's definitely going to produce some good fruits. But... The main thing that you need to know is that your words have incredible amount of power. That's the number one uh, key that we learn from that scripture. Your words are powerful. So we need to learn how to use that power that you were given by God you know, to serve you instead of it being detrimental to you. Yeah. Scripture says, let us be quick to listen and slow to speak. It is important sometimes. One problem says that even if you are full, you're sitting with a bunch of wise people, if you stay quiet, you'll be counted, counted as one of the wise people among those, you know, uh, even when you don't know a lot about what they're talking about. If you stay just quiet and listen to everyone else, you'll be counted as a wise person. So this is what we learned from that scripture. You know, Uncle Ben, from Spider-Man. Yes. The great theologian, Uncle Ben from Spider-Man. If great power comes great responsibility. So turn to your neighbor and say, I got the power. I've got the power. Say that to your other neighbor. I got the power. I've 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 got you know, this building that we're sitting in, it has power. And the power that, that we know that it, this building has power, it's because of the electricity. That's how it works. So electricity is also, see how I'm teaching, I'm teaching right now, you teach classes, basics, physics, I guess. You're right, you're right. So we, when we see each other, you know, that's how it used to be electricity that we get to see each other. You guys can hear me from this microphone because of the electricity that it provides for it to function well and also you can hear it from, from the speech. But what if you come in this con in contact with this electricity in a, in a way that's not appropriate? If you come in contact with that electricity in a way that's not going to benefit you, it's going to be detrimental to you. And you know, it's the same way with the words that you have, you know, the power that you have in your words. If you don't use it to speak life into others, or even in your life, because you know, I know I have so many people look up to me and talk to me, and they continually keep on saying that man, I just keep going back to that sin, and just keep doing the same thing over and over again. 
I think it just runs in my family. My dad was an alcoholic. My grandpa was an alcoholic. My grandma had a cancer. My mom, she just got diagnosed with cancer. I think I'll probably have cancer when I grow old at this age. You are continually declaring on yourself death. When the scripture says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are the power of the tongue. You have been given the power by the word of God to declare life into your future. For all those who are in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. We don't belong to those old curses. It's all gone. You know, curses everyone who hangs on the tree, the scripture says. And Jesus Christ, he was hung on the tree for us on that cross. And he took our curse once and for all. Therefore, now we are sons and daughters of God. And we have that power that by, by which when we uh, with authority, we also have been given the authority to Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 20 says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. And then when you read 1 John 4, 17, it says that love has been perfected among us, that we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we right now in this world. So because of that, we have the same authority to proclaim good things into our future, into our lives. Yours have an incredible amount of power, you know, and Deuteronomy 30, it says, God says, I put before you, I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. And then God can choose for us. He says, choose life, choose blessing. Do not choose cursing, or do not choose death, because he knows what is good for you, right? So in this verse, what do you really want your life to look like? Do you want it to be full of life? Blessing in your life, or do you want it to be death and destruction? You know the option, it's really easy to choose. Choose life. Proverbs 21 20 says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Here, the translation for the word soul, it means nothing else but your mind, your will, your emotion, your attitude. How many of you really want a little less trouble in your mind, in your emotions? How many of you want a little less trouble in your attitude? Because that would be a great help, right? Sometimes attitude is like, okay, I'm done. But when you when you guard your mouth, when you keep your tongue leashed, you know, to the word of God, you keep your soul from trouble. Proverbs 12, 13 and 14, I don't have got so many scriptures lined up, but Everything is going to be really beneficial to you when you read the notes that you take. Proverbs 12, 13, and 14. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his words, but the righteous will come through trouble. And Scott, you can put these uh, verses on the screen. A man will be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. Again, you know, God is saying over and over again that you will be satisfied by the words of your mouth. Whatever you meditate on, whatever you say continually is what's going to help you with the fruits that you see in your life. So if you see, also, this is, this is a really good, I guess, something some that I've learned here. Um, when you meet a person, and you see a lot of junk coming out of your mouth, you, know, um, you can easily tell what is their language in life. You know, sometimes you hear things behind your back. Sometimes you hear things about you that you did not like. Um, but you can easily tell which, what person is the person of God and what, what is the person can hold their tongue, keep, it, keep their tongue around you. 
and the word of God, and look at the word of God. So you get your mouth right, you will get your life right. Amen. You will see good things in your life as you continue to speak good things in your mouth. You always eat, you will always get the fruit of the seed that you're planting out to your words. What kind of fruits are your words producing? If you just look around you, you know, when you're frustrated, when you are you know, under anxiety, yeah. when you're under pain, what comes out of your mouth? When you're under pain, when something happens, do we have to blur those words out if you were like, in a movie? Yeah. Do we have to put some sound effect for that? Yeah. Or you say, God, I still trust you. Yeah. God, you're still good in, even in this. Yeah. A man shall be satisfied by the fruits of his mouth. Good. Number two, tame your tongue. It is very important for every one of us to tame our tongues. James chapter 3, verse 8 says that no one can tame the tongue. But that's 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 a trick. It means that your tongue cannot be permanently tamed. But it is by a good life, you know, of determining daily to tame your tongue is how you can keep your tongue leashed. You know, our tongue is like a long tongue. And it's like a zebra. You cannot tame a zebra. You can you can actually tame it for a day. Um, but then the next day, as soon as it wakes up, it's just as well as it was the day before. Yeah. Your tongue is just like that. You have to make a daily determination. Determination. <laughs> determination. So what's the words that cannot come out of your mouth? I remember this one time, you know, when I was struggling from something and I went to uh, you know, if I saw somebody and the lady uh, serving me, she kind of said, you know, Hey, I don't know, but I just want to tell you that God loves you. I'm like, wow, that's what I do sometimes when I go out and do that. But thank you, this has been a blessing and it helps me a lot that I know that God loves me even in this thing. So we all can remember a time in our lives when we've been blessed by words and maybe perhaps a time when we've been hurt by words. Charlotte Lewis, when she was four years old, she used to hang out with her dad and her, uh, at his grocery store. And this milkman every day would come and he would always have this clean uh, for Cheryl saying, well, hello, Miss America, or how's my Miss America doing today? And at first, Cheryl was like, okay, that's kind of freaky at four years old. And she was, she was still, you know, she was like, uh, it was uncomfortable for her that she would get more uncomfortable. But as that clean kept going on and on every single day, you know. Turns out that grew on her. She got used to it. And then it, it, it turned into a childhood fantasy. And then when she was in her teens, it turned into her dream. And in the year 1980, in Atlantic City, Cheryl Pruitt was crowned Miss America. My pastor from CFNI, he, he had gone on this mission trip. And there you go, And you know, he had encountered this man who was, he said he was a part of the gang, and you know, he had all, all these tattoos on his body. And God told him, my pastor, to give him $100. And he said that, you know, okay, it's just how I paid bribe him, so he didn't take him into the kingdom. You know, nothing like that. But God put on his heart to give him $100. And as soon as he does that, that man starts breaking down in front of my uh, pastor. And he's like, hey, this is what's happening in my life. My life has never been right. I've done so many messed up things. Yes, I followed Jesus when I was 
blah, 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 years old. And then after that, he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll see what I can do because I, I don't think I can stay off of this. I'm just an addict to this. And my pastor tells him that God is, you know, God whispered in his ear and he gave him that verse. So first thing he says, you know what? God is telling me right now that you are going to be a mighty man of God. Even now, you are a mighty man of God. And he says, every morning I want you to look in the mirror and say that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't care what you do. But just declare this every day. And you are a mighty man of God. Turns out, three months or a few months later, he calls my pastor saying, Hey, I completely gotten over all these addictions. Now I'm completely free. I'm actually going on a mission trip. I just wanted to send you the news. That's why I called you. So what I'm saying, guys, is that words have an incredible amount of power. You know, you have so much power in your words to turn someone's life around. Right now, this this is our job. It is our duty to speak into the life um, of the other generation. You know, and I think it's in first or second Timothy where it says that you know live by an example for when you were young. You know, set an example for other believers that when they look at you, so they know that yes you are follower of Christ. As a body of Christ, right now individually you need to Edify your brothers and sisters in Christ. In 1886, Walter George rode the road before running a mile. He ran that mile in four minutes and 12 seconds. Now, in the year 1923, Paolo Rooney broke that record. And he broke that record by two seconds. He won it um, in four minutes. He finished that mile um, uh, four minutes and 10 seconds. It took 36 years to shave two seconds off that record. Now that record of four minutes and 10 seconds stays standing for 31 more years. Now in 1930s, there were two men who were in this hospital in Middlesex, England, where Luke, that's why I'm looking at you. <laughs> and they were diagnosed, this is a sad story, but I just looked at you. <laughs> Sorry about their loss, bro. Uh, <laughs> now it turns out that this is a These two men in, in, a, in, a, in a hospital, they were diagnosed with this disease that paralyzed them for the rest of their lives. They would never be able to walk. They would always have to you know, be in their wheelchair. Never be able to walk. But one of them accepted their diagnosis. And the other one said, you know what, okay, I'm not only going to walk, but I'm going to run. The doctor's like, he was in his mind that I am going to not only walk, but I'm going to run. Now prior to that, this guy who said that, you know, was determined in his head that he's not going to be able to just walk and run. He was not a runner prior to the diagnosis. Now this is a really sad story him trying countless times to even stand and run that turns into just failure. He's never been able to just walk at all. He would just try and try and try only to just fail. And he was determined to get made up his mind. He's going to do it. Finally, one day, countless tries, you know, his body walks. He's able to walk. Slowly, he's able to you know, run. Turns out on May 6th, 1994, Oxford, England, 
Robert Benson finished the mile record. He broke that mile record, the world record, and he ran in that mile in three minutes and 59 seconds. He not only conquered track, but he conquered his own body just by the will of his mind and by his words, continually saying, I will not only walk, I will run. And he, prior to that diagnosis not being able to run, he breaks the world record. Now, when the other athletes heard about it, you know, it was, it was believed that four minutes, okay, you cannot run a mile under four minutes, but when they saw Robert Bannister breaking that world record, they started you know, practicing. Turns out, in the next four years, 25 more athletes break the world record. And in the year 1999, a Moroccan runner breaks the world record by running that mile in three minutes, 43 seconds. The doctor now, who had heard about this record and all that, he's like, whoa, 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 how can my patient that I diagnosed would ever run when I said they would never be able to run? Now he goes back to Robert, uh, Robert's uh, file, he, he goes into it, um, actually Roger, sorry, Roger's file, and he checks his file and he examines him and he says, your diagnosis was absolutely correct. There was no, nothing wrong in it. But it is by your will and by your confession of your mouth. You were determined in your own head. That's why you overcame it. He's like, okay, I gotta check the other guy too, just so that I would know that his diagnosis was also correct. He goes to the other guy, and he checks his files, and he's still in his wheelchair. He looks at him and he says, I'm very sorry, buddy, but I diagnosed you incorrectly. You were not gonna be only able to walk, but you could have run too. It's like he said, I'm sorry I diagnosed you, you know, incorrectly. You are staying in this wheelchair just by your own good. You know, you can choose life over the circumstance. You, you have the authority, every single believer in Jesus Christ right now, you have the authority to choose life. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But surely he has borne our griefs and has carried our sorrows. Preach. By his stripes we are healed. When you declare that scripture over yourself, when you choose to declare life, even in a circumstance where the doctor says that you have been given this diagnosis of cancer, you can die in 10 days. You can even now choose life in that circumstance. That's and good. you will see the word of God come true because the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And the scripture says, God himself exalts himself above Amen. his word that when he said in John chapter 21, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God himself exalts his word above Amen. him saying that heaven and earth will even pass away but my words will never pass away. If that man could only just declare, I will not only walk, I will run. How can you not, with the word of God, with the promise, with the authority that you've been given in Jesus Christ, not declare over yourself when your circumstances are bringing you down. When you walk with the Lord, feels like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to drown. I, I don't think I can overcome this sin anymore. Yeah. It has happened in my family. Again, it will happen. No. You have been given the authority in Jesus Christ. In Jesus today, right now, every, every single day. You are not only head, but... You are, you are not, not tail, but you're head. You're above and not beneath. You are first and not last. This is an Old Testament promise. You are sons of God in Jesus Christ. Without him, there is nothing. You are sons and not slaves. No weapon formed against you. As we say, you know, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I ever fear? No weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. No weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn it in the name of Jesus. So if there is circumstance, if there's diagnosis of the doctor that comes against you, you rebuke it. You condemn that circumstance because if you go with that 
you know, diagnosis. Let's say if someone has been given the diagnosis of cancer, diagnosis of cancer, and he goes, you know, to the doctor and he comes back, what if you were taken up into heaven right there in that state? Would you have cancer? Of course not. But in the, because in the presence of God, there is no infirmity, there is no sin, there is no sickness in the presence of God. Not only the scripture says you have the presence, but the Holy Spirit himself is living in you. That when the same power that raised Jesus from the dead yeah. is living in your mortal bodies right now. Yeah. That's, that's why in my classroom, you know, I could sometimes say this, that we are right now walking dead, like you guys, some, some of you like to watch Walking Dead. You know, the scripture says, I'm going to quote the scripture, in Romans it says that we are right now dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus our Lord and our Savior. That's why that's every time you face anything, you can conquer all the giants. You only need the word of God in your life. So you pray the word of God every day over yourself. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but every single word of God that proceeds from his mouth. And you have an authority to declare it over yourself. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe and speak. So right now, if, you wanna, if you're taking notes, faith actually means believing and speaking. Number three, that's why speak life into your future. Not just positive thinking, it's a confession. It's a positive confession of faith. It's about purposing to confess God's word over your life. Because this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our own faith, even our own believing and speaking. When we declare, you know, that Jesus has died for my sins, we conquer it all. I'm, I'm running out of time, but I'm going to quickly read Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13. That's where they look at. These are your Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13. And it reads, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's good. In your heart, in your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has yeah. raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Come on. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is over the rich, he's over all also call, call upon his name. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to repeat this after me. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I thank you for today. Jesus, I believe that Christ Jesus has died for my sins. I believe that Christ has died for my sins. According to the scripture. That he was buried and then he rose again on the third day. According to the scripture. This is the gospel that I believe in. This is the gospel that I believe in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you just confess that, you're saved. It's that easy. It's not works of righteousness. It's not works of okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna send ten thousand dollars to my dad's church, and I, I can't send them money, but I'm gonna do that today. I can get saved. 
It's none of that. It's none of your type. It's just a confession of your faith. If you read that scripture again, you'll be able to see that by confessing from your mouth and believing in your heart, you first believe in your heart. The scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you believe in your heart, then you confess it. That's how you get saved. Life and death are in the hand of the tongue. Amen. When you're speaking life, you reach it out. You know, whatever circumstance that God you know, has set before you, whatever circumstance the enemy has set before you, when you reach out healing, you receive it. If there is anything that bothers you, if anything that grieves you, brings you sorrow, Isaiah 53, 5, that surely he has borne our griefs and carried all of our, all of our sorrows. And then read Matthew 6, it says, you know, Jesus healed all sorts of diseases. Why? And then he quotes himself so that, you know, the scripture says the prophecy would be fulfilled that Isaiah prophesied even about myself. Yeah. Jesus himself quotes that if you read Matthew 6, probably looks like 15 verse, something like that. But he says, so that the prophecy that says, but he has surely borne our griefs and carried our sorrows will be fulfilled. That's why I'm going around healing people in my name. Zechariah 9, chapter 9, verse 12 says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare the Lord that I will restore double to you. With Jesus, when you have the right scripture, when you have the right promise of God, He promises that He will not only restore everything, He will restore it doubly. He's, he's going to give you double for your trouble, but it's kind of a cliche, but still, it's so true. Um, and there are so many people in this life who hate the phrase, name it and claim it. Actually, they would call that gospel, name it and claim it. But actually, that's how it is. That's how life works. People keep on declaring bad things, just like I said, you know, my life is not right. Nothing's ever going to change. I was born on a bad day. You know, all I see in my life is just bad luck. Things never happen for me. Relationships never work out. You are actually naming it and claiming that you know, in your life. You're declaring Great. death, declaring curse over your life. You're claiming that. That's what you see. But if you say, I have the favor of God. You know, every morning when I wake up, I say, Jesus, even in my bed, you know, even if it's a whisper, I say this first, first step, and then I touch my phone just to see if there's anything. But <laughs> the first thing that I say, you know, it's just in my heart I want, I want to keep Jesus first. So in my heart I say this first. But Jesus, thank you for only being my phone's kind of her. And then when I go into restaurants, or when I'm looking myself in the mirror, you know, I always declare and say, God, I thank you for this day. I'm above and I believe I'm first and not last. You know, all your promises towards me are in Christ Jesus and finished work. Yes and amen. So God, I can always turn to you. I thank you for your mercies that are brand new towards me this morning. Father, thank you that my car is working perfectly. You know, we sometimes miss out on the simplest things. If there's a car problem, if your AC doesn't work, that's when you're like, oh man, it's going to be a couple hundred dollars. I am really thankful for all of that. So I thank God for the accelerator paddle that works, the stick that works perfectly, my air winds work perfectly, you know, the AC that works perfectly. Father, thank you for all of that. I need, I do not need a great water right now. You're going to be another $30, $60. I thank you for all that. I really appreciate it. You know, sometimes we miss out on the simplest things in life. We're in good health. We're able to listen. We're able to see. We're able to hear, you know. You're able to move around without any pain in your body. 
you should thank the Lord. And he wanted to declare the word of God over yourself. So I'm going to pray for us real quick, and we're going to have 15 minutes to do spend with time. Um, so Sky, um, the Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord. The God of 422 says that the word of God is life for those who find it, and it is hell to all of their flesh. God, thank you that the seed of the word of God is planted into the hearts of every single listener in this room. God. Thank you, God, that your word is lamb unto our feet and light unto our path, God. Thank you. It's the word that helps us in every step, step of the way. It's your word, God, that gives us guidance. Father, thank you for your faithfulness, God. We give you praise for your steadfastness, God. Lord, I pray that every single listener in this room would choose their words wisely, would understand the authority that they have in their words, God, the power of bringing life or death into a circumstance, bringing life or death into a person's life, in their own life, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you found this word. And this word is so easily accessible to us that we can just look it up in our phones. It's just one, one touch away, God. Thank you, Jesus, for tonight. Thank you for the seed of the word of God that is planted in every single heart, every single soil, every single listener in this room, God. I pray not only does that word mean 30, 60, and 90, I pray and I believe and I have faith for a hundred person harvest in every single one of your lives, God. Because I know that the word of God only and only and only brings blessing. Only and only and only as it brings life. Father, thank you. You are so good. Even when things in our life don't work out the way you want. You are always good. You are always faithful. We cast our cares on you, Jesus. You are worthy of every single prayer that we pray. Every single blessing that we have in our lives, God. You are worthy of it all. And our families are good and good health. Thank you, Father. Lord, we have found favor with you. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise and I give you honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.